Welcome to Mind, Body, and Spite, where each episode we will be taking a deep dive into the disorders of both mind and body with a hell of a lot of spite thrown in. We are not medical doctors, therefore the information and opinions contained in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Although, with as much research as we've done, we really should get honorary degrees. So sit back, relax, and learn some fancy medical terminology, the signs and symptoms of a disorder, and how to survive. Then, learn how it really feels. Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of Mind, Body, and Spite. This week, we are going to be discussing about trans awareness, and so I have my friend Shell here and her son Kyle. They're going to be telling their stories. So Kyle, if you want to get started, I know one of the first questions a lot of people asked was, at what age did you kind of realize that, you know, something wasn't quite adding up? I don't remember my exact age. I was in seventh grade, and... I just realized that like I didn't feel comfortable in well the way I looked or who I felt like I was because I felt like I was putting on a character for everybody. The other questions I know was you know how did you come by your name? It took a lot of it took a lot of research because I wanted a name that like I guess a musician would have so it's Kyle Kingsley Elliot because Elliot's a common like last name for musicians and I was like these go together. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. So if you want to get started and if you just want to tell your story, however it flows, and if mom, if you want to pop in as you want to kind of add to it, feel free. It's been such a long time since the start of this. And I'm still like, I'm still figuring things out because I'm still like, I don't know, I'm still growing. Absolutely. So I'm not exactly like a man, but I'm not exactly. Okay. I am polygender. Which is similar to gender fluid, but it's basically where I I go by anything and everything under the sun, as long as it's not used disrespectfully. Yeah. So is it more on like the gender fluid side, on some days you're more on the feminine side, some days you're more on the mask side, or is it kind of all-encompassing? It, it's all-encompassing. I, I feel okay. like I'm constantly everything. Okay. Yeah, so in Native American culture, we have a term called two-spirit, which is kind of sounds similar, which is you you kind of had the spirits of both male and female inside of you. And so you can kind of see both perspectives. You can kind of see both viewpoints. There's actually a, there's actually a flag for that, too. I don't know who made the flag, though, so I don't know if it's in a, like, actual appropriate flag for it but that is a great point i will look it up because yeah it's a it's the rainbow flag with like two feathers on it right yeah but i don't know who made it because i know that the original flag for lesbians was not a good one no i i feel like i've always sort of felt different but that and i thought it was because i was gay because you're like oh i'm bisexual i like girls i like guys and then you find out there's more genders and for the longest time i felt like i wasn't allowed to be that because like I, I see it in the media like we watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. Janet, Dr. Scott, Janet, Rocker, and stuff like that. And 
you're like, oh, well, I can be like this, but I can't like fully be like this because you you see like Angel in Rent, she's she's a drag queen, and you're like, oh, well, she's sometimes a guy, sometimes a girl, but then you can't do that in real life because that's why it's in movies because it's not a real life thing. Uh, and then one of my sister's friends was trans, and he came over to our house, and I got to learn more about it, and I was like, I think I might be this. But I also didn't want to feel like or seem like I was just following the crowd, I guess, because I'm like, oh, well, I don't want people to think I'm faking it because that's a fear that I feel like a lot of people have <laughs> when it comes to being trans. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And especially in like the time right now, I think a lot of people is like, oh, people are just coming out because it's the quote in thing to do. And it's just like it's the woke thing to do. And you're like, no, you're facing a lot of pushback with this decision. It's not really something you just do on a whim. Yeah, there's a lot of there are a lot of different reasons. It's more common now. I work with, um, you know, the teenage population. And it's not that it's the in thing to do. It's that now they are finally comfortable to be who they are authentically. But also, there is a fear um, from the mother's perspective that your child is, you know, in their teen years, they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying on all of these different, you know, clothing styles and religions and genders and sexualities. They're trying all of these things on to see what fits and what feels right. And so when it comes to your child who is assigned female at birth coming to you and saying, I think I'm a boy. I want I want to take hormones so that I can fully realize this part of myself. It's terrifying because you're like, what if this is just another shoe you're trying on and you're not sure? And how are these hormones going to affect you? So that was one of my biggest questions when he first came, you know, came to me and said that he was trans male. As far as starting from the beginning, Kyle was always just themselves, you know, that like there was never a box that you could fit the child in that, you know, that has become Kyle. So when he came to me and said he was trans, I was actually surprised it wasn't gender fluid because I thought that he would transition easily between the two genders. I was really surprised that he was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a boy. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but I don't want to put hormones in your system. You're a teenager. The hormones are already like crazy when you're a teenager. So I couldn't try to hold off on that. I happened to be going to Xavier for school counseling at the time. And there was a weekend um, like special seminar on LGBTQ plus. And I went to this and the entire second day was on trans youth, recognizing, supporting, um, figuring out their needs. And in that this was about a year after Kyle told me he was trans. The uh, teacher professor who was teaching it said that if they are consistent, persistent, and insistent of their gender, it's not just them telling, it's not just them saying it to be cooler to fit in or whatever. It's it's probably pretty true. And the hormones to go F2M are actually, there, there are very, very few long-lasting effects once you stop those hormones. And those long-lasting effects are not the kind that will affect their health or, you know, well-being down the road. So she said, if the choice is giving them the hormones to be who they feel they are inside and allowing them to fully realize that and grow into that, or to have a child who is depressed because they are not authentically who they are, and ends up trying to self-harm or, you know, unalive themselves or whatever. Like you have you have a choice as a parent between, you know, a, a living son or a dead daughter sometimes is what it feels like. 
Right. And I've, I've heard it said exactly like that, too. I worked with a woman who had a trans daughter, and she said the exact same thing. I would rather have an alive daughter than a dead son. And that was kind of what pushed us. And then we finally started getting him into counseling. He met with um, a uh, psychologist a few times and then started on the testosterone not too long. I think it was a few months after that. And I'm not on testosterone currently. And I like the main effect that I still have is my voice. Um, I don't have periods anymore because I have birth control in my arm. And that was one of the main problems. That's what I needed. Uh, I did not want to have periods because they made me feel very depressed, very dysphoric. And I still like, there's some parts of me that I'm like, I just, I want to be completely masculine. And then there's the other parts of me that are like, but girls though. So what do you feel are some obstacles that you still have to face every day? When going out, I still worry about who's going to look at me. Um, I, I have very extreme anxiety of going outside into the actual world. Like if I know I'm going somewhere where I will be safe, I'll feel okay. But like when I go into a Kroger's, I'm constantly worried that there's people looking at me. There's somebody going to harass me because it's a small town where we are. And a lot of people know who I am. So, Mom, kind of same question for you. What are kind of the struggles that you face every day? It hasn't been as much now. You know, he started this uh, when he was, what, 15, 16, and now he's 19. So, um, you know, we've had a few years for everybody to kind of get used to it. And it's also just been people are more aware of it now. So that's cool. But um, when he first started transitioning, there was this really precarious balance between how do I support him without alienating those who love love him? And how do I lovingly explain to other people who do who do love Kyle, like they, they love this child, but they don't understand it. And they want to just, uh, one of the biggest things I had was, was some very accepting, loving people was that like, oh, well, it's really hard to learn how to say he, him, or they, them. So <laughs> one of them was, um, my mom, who's who's the, the, the most open-minded person, she was like, oh, well, I, I don't want to have to w- learn that. So I'm going to call him Zazem, like the German version, I guess. And I'm like, that's not any easier. I don't understand how that makes it easier. And then it became a whole lot of, well, we, 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 love, we love the child for who they are and all this other stuff. But it was like, okay, no, but this, this person is telling you that he is a male. He would like to be called he, him. And he would like to go by the name Kyle and to call him anything other than what he tells you he is, is hurtful to him. And he's not going to say that every time because honestly, he fights that battle every day, even when I'm not around. So I'm the one who's trying to say it without also making people feel like we're shoving it down their throats. Um, So that's been that was the hardest thing. Everybody has caught on at this point. Kyle's just Kyle. He's he him. It's not a question for anybody like everybody who loves him calls him that. But at first, it was a very, very much like everybody wanted to share their opinion. Um, this is really hard, like to change it. And we know we've known this person since they were. Yeah, that's fine. You, you've known this person since they were a baby and since they went by the other pronouns. And that's fine. But you still need to just we're not going to be rude about it. But if you say the wrong pronoun, we're just going to be like, yeah, he did show up today. You know, we'll, we'll correct it a little bit like that and just keep reminding them. And we do that all the time. And I do that with my trans students. too. I've got two two trans students who the other students in the program have known them as their assigned gender at birth. 
So you have to kind of be like, oh, no, um, that's a he, him, no. And most people take it. It it did take a while, and it did feel like it was a real battle to support without being obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have several non-binary friends, and thankfully, they love me and still very patient with me. And so if I misgender, they're, it's, it's they, honey. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I also think that um, I, I've had friends that were like, "Oh well, I, it's gonna take me a while," and they never learned it. And when they never learned it, I was like, "If you're not going to respect me for who I am, then it's I can't continue doing this because it's obvious that you just still see me this way." But that was after over a year of me going by he him, and everybody else called me he him, even my friends that had known me for years so it's like I I was patient and I waited it's just the that if you continue to say the wrong pronouns every single time you address me there's a problem if you do it on accident every once in a while that's okay I'm beautiful like I (laughs) I understand that it's hard sometimes yeah so like you said as long as people are you know correcting themselves and taking those steps to change to respect your identity and who you want to be so yeah that really sucks that you know you lost some friends that were like and I've heard that so often unfortunately the well I've just known you so long by the other person it's you know when like I've decided to go by my full name before and it was just a actually it's Shalina and oh okay and that's really all it should be. It's just like, oh, I want to go by a shortened name. I want to go by my middle name. Hey, I want to go by this name. And it's really no different. I think my um, brain was kind of rewired, though, too, because when there's people that change their pronouns or their name, I completely forget the other pronouns like right away and the other name right away. It just disappears in my head. And I think that I'm very lucky to have that because I would mess up a lot more if I didn't. Well, and it's so important for you, too. Yeah. He used to do this little, um, when he first transitioned, when people would use the wrong pronoun, and he'd do the little Michael Jackson, hee hee, just like low key. (laughs) Nice. Love it. It worked. So I don't think anybody. I mean, and inject a little bit of humor to it. Gotta love it. Yeah. Well, it's a way to to tell people, hey, you're using the wrong pronouns without feeling like I was in their face about it. And I mean, you shouldn't have to worry about being in people's face about it. But that was because I didn't want to create issues in my family because I already knew that some people were struggling with the transition. I had a whole pamphlet on transitioning. And one of the things is you're worried that you're losing the other version of your child. But your child is the same person, just more themselves. And it's it's just like it's a grieving period for some parents. Yeah, I was definitely going to say it's it's kind of like grief because it, it's like a, a rebirth of this new child and kind of grief for, you know, the child that was, but still celebrating this new child. He didn't really change that much for me. Like I said, he was always he he was always unusual. So he's just had a different name. And different pronouns that, that so I didn't feel like I lost anything I um we did have a little more issue on the dad side I don't know if Kyle wants to get into that though oh <laughs> um we can it's up to you yeah I mean whatever you're comfortable with 
So for a while, I felt like I didn't have like a a great father figure. Um, I do love my dad, not my birth dad. I don't. He's not in the picture because he wouldn't accept me. And he started saying things like, "Oh, your mom is putting this stuff in your head." And I was like, my mom would probably rather me not be trans because she doesn't want me to be bullied. She doesn't want to have to put me on testosterone. Like, because she was hesitant. I'm like, how could she have been the one to put that in my head? Like, we, we might have watched Glee. We might have watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. But she never told me who to be. I just ended up this way. But ever since, and like, I would go to events and ev- like a lot of his family was supporting. He was the only one that really wasn't. Well, one of the main ones that wasn't. And when I realized that he would never see me the way that I want to be seen and he wasn't going to respect my decisions, he was just going to pretend like it wasn't a thing. I st- I didn't stop talking to him first. Technically, he stopped reaching out and he also stopped talking to my sister, even though my sister still wanted to have a relationship with him. Like he stopped talking to my sister because he thought that she was on my side, I guess. So he just he stopped reaching out. Uh, and I was like, if you're not going to put in the effort, neither am I. Right. Especially the parent is, you know, should be the adult in this situation and, you know, be a parent. He also, the worst, the worst of this was um, you came to see us in Sweeney Todd, yes? Yes. <laughs> so uh, his biological father came to see us in Sweeney Todd and this was right after he had started testosterone. And he was there for the first act and was not there uh, for the second and Kyle asked him if he left and he responded that he didn't know that he was coming to see Kyle play a boy on stage. Uh, it was like really hurt. It was it was just a very, and this was not the last time they spoke or anything, but it was just a very, uh, you know, visual representation. Yeah, eye-opening, absolutely. Yeah, eye-opening. Uh, yeah, of, of how he felt. And, that, and, and that's where Kyle, like, he was sad, yes, but I could also see that he was furious. Like, he... He sent a really, really, for for as young as he was, um, he sent a really emotionally jarring and um, angry but well-worded text message back to him because it was still in the second act and he had to come out and sing a solo soon. And he sent him this mm. long text about, you know what, like, this is who I am and I'm more of a man than you'll ever be. <laughs> and I was Absolutely. Like, You're right. And uh, the thing is, it's, it's really funny because our Tobiases both were females dressed as males. And in, in most theater, like in Shakespeare, a lot of men played women. And it's like, why does it matter to you that much that I am wearing a masculine costume? I don't think he realized that both of our Tobiases were girls, but I think that was funny. Well, and it's so funny that it's acting. That's you're acting like somebody else. That's the whole point of acting. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. And we've had troubles with my stepdad, which I do not call my stepdad. I call him my dad because he's still here. He calls me the right name and the right pronouns. And it might have taken him a while to get here, but he at least stepped up and he still like even though we were not agreeing with each other he would try to have normal conversations with me some of them would end in like an argument but we still tried to communicate as best as we could and there were times when it seemed like i just wanted to leave the house because i didn't want to have to deal with it but he he's improved so much and he might not agree with me still but he at least respects me and i think that's important oh absolutely not agreeing with them and not respecting them are two different things absolutely 
Yeah, he was raised um, pretty strict Southern Baptist on one side, and then his mom is like a very open-minded liberal. So it's kind of interesting to see those two things like collide in him. Um, my husband, that is. He originally was just like, no, this isn't really a thing. This is just, you know, kids not knowing who they are and not knowing what, what it means to be a man or a woman. At first, it was really stressful because he refused. Um, it was dead name, dead pronouns, all the way. And then it became not addressing Kyle at all directly. So he would say kids or he would say that one, that child. Ouch. And I was like, don't you think that's a little dehumanizing? Like, don't you think that that's hurtful? Literally what I was going to say. (laughs) He has a name and it took him, uh, it took a little longer than I wanted it to. But honestly, for the beliefs that he grew up with, I think he did a really good job. I was going to lash out very badly and my I was like what if I just started calling you mom or she and and you he saw how that like it was obvious that he did not like being called she but then I was like I shouldn't be doing this because if I don't like what I'm being called why would I do that to somebody else so that didn't last long and then I realized that I like obviously it is a strong way to get the point across and it does get the point across but it just it isn't a safe way to do that either because if somebody gets mad enough then you're just gonna be constantly fighting and you don't need that yeah absolutely well what pieces of advice would you have for those who are still questioning who they are thinking hey i may be trans what kind of advice would you give them well first of all do not rush yourself because i still don't know but also I would say maybe you should like you can test the waters. You can try out different things before you make your final decision. And you might not ever have a final decision. There's adults that are still figuring themselves out. I'm technically an adult and I'm still figuring myself out. It's not going to be like, oh, flip the switch. It's I'm this 100 percent because there's people who go by certain pronouns, certain name for a long time and then realize that they're that's not what they are like Sam Smith. Sam still goes by Sam, but he was going by he him for a long time. And now it's they them. So Sam goes by they them after I don't know how old Sam Smith is, um, but it took a long time and it's going to take a long time. And you can't just expect yourself to know right away. I mean, I'm 40 and I'm still tr- figuring myself out. I, I just got my master's and my license. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure myself out. <laughs> The funny thing is no one really knows themselves fully. Like there's there's still something that you don't know about yourself. Like every single adult has that doubt. They're like, am I actually an adult? <laughs> am I actually an adult? Do I actually know what I'm doing? Because I have no idea who I am. And it's like nobody does. Nobody fully knows who they are. And like you might be confident in yourself and mm-hmm. there's still going to be something that you don't know. It might not be your gender. We need an ad- adultier adult. Yeah, exactly. Well, awesome. So what kind of keeps you going from in your day-to-day life? The fact that I have so many supportive people, I, I still struggle a lot. I have depression, BPD, stuff like that. And with those, I'm still struggling with, like, obviously I'm still struggling with those. But having a system and people that I know I can talk to if there's a problem really helps. And I know that it's, for some people, they won't have that. If you don't have that, there's online forums like the Trevor Project. You can talk to people. And I know it's not perfect because they might not be people near you. But I mean, just having somebody to talk to is perfect. Like that's that's what helps me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, mom, what kind of advice would you give to parents out there who have kids who are questioning their identity? Um, I guess it's just be open and listen to your kids because they know what's going on in their brain better than you do. And while they may not always be able to interpret what they're feeling or what they're thinking, the hope is that you as the adult would be able to recognize those things in them and help them just become who they are and support them and let them know that regardless of, you know, who this person ends up being, that you're still going to love them, you know, as long as they're a decent human being. Let's be decent humans. But um, not just that, but also educate yourself because I thought I knew what it meant to be trans. When Kyle first came to me, it's just like, oh, okay, so you know, you're, you're a boy now. I, I love and I respect that. And I will call you whatever you want to be called. But I still only knew a very small piece of the puzzle because I've never, you know, I'm very happy in my gender that I was assigned at birth. I had never experienced or felt that or anything. So I don't understand it. Um, all that matters is that I understand that he's going through something that I don't fully understand. And I've got to listen to him, let him tell me his experience and how I can help him. So I'm really big on um, if he's struggling with anything, how can I help? Can I be helpful? Is there something you need that like I can do to make this easier on you? Unfortunately, though, a lot of times he doesn't know the answers to those questions. He does more so now. Um, when he was younger than I've got a 14 year old, like they don't know what they need. And it's really hard as a parent to determine always like what your kid needs. Like, do you need space or do you need me to literally smother you with hugs right now? Like, what do you need? Tell me. So it's kind of getting to know your kid and, and you always think you know who your child is. But keep listening because that might change, like Kyle said. And then, you know, if you ever have the opportunity to um, take extra classes, do extra reading, learn extra things about the things that your kids are going through, you should probably do that because eventually, honestly, as the adult, you are going to know more than they do or you are or you'll be able to at least make connections to what they're telling you. Uh, the thing is that parents, one thing that they don't understand is that this may be the transition may be hard for you, but I promise you it's probably 10 times harder for your child who has is scared and has no idea who they can tell, mm -hmm. uh, has no, no idea who they might lose. How you're going to be treated different, at, you know, if you're still in school by your teachers, by authority figures. And yeah, I mean, that's a really scary thing. And like I trusted one of my teachers and I loved her a lot. And she told me, oh, no, you, you just have to start calming down. You need to get back with the Lord. And it's like, you can, like, be Christian and still be trans. That's not, like, I don't think dysphoria would be a thing if a god was like, oh, sorry, you have to be yourself. But you have dysphoria, so you want to be this. You want to be a guy which is part of yourself. So I'm being as true to myself as I can be. I always think it's funny that we, you know, we're so excited to find out our kids' genitalia at birth, and then we dress them according to their genitalia at birth, and then everything after that is completely related to their genitalia, but then we don't want to, you know, we don't want to boil our kids down to just their genitalia. It's it's so weird. Yeah. Like, we're going to put you in pink, we're going to put you in pink and blue, and then you're going to do ballet or football, and you automatically know what gender I was thinking of when I said pink, blue, and ballet and football. And what's surprising is that things change over time because 
pink used to be a masculine color because it was super strong and men saw it as strong. And then makeup was made for men. Dresses were made for like little guys, little dudes. Um, heels were made for them. Wigs. All of that was made for men. And now it's feminine to use these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, I think uh, his first baby picture was in a pink dress or a white dress yep. or something like that. <laughs> I think it's a white yeah. dress. But like gender norms change all the time and people are upset about it, <laughs> I think. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's just yeah, we have two income households now is kind of the norm where, you know, in the 40s, 50s, it was your wife works. What do you mean your wife works? And, you know, when (laughs) people find out I'm child free, you would think that I just smothered a puppy in front of them. They're like, how dare you not reproduce? Is there any other pieces of advice, tidbits of knowledge that you would like to impart on listeners? I don't know. I feel like if you go with a specific gender you also don't have to go by those gender norms anyways and uh, a lot of trans people that i know like they can't they can't wear binders because they have chest problems or they they can't cut their hair short because their parents won't let them or because they don't want to and people are like oh well that means you're not a male because you can't fully commit to it it's like you don't have to be on testosterone you don't have to wear binders to know that you are this and people don't have to fully understand it you don't have to fully understand what's going on to support people and i don't know i have baby photos of of me wearing pink because that's what you were supposed to do you were supposed to dress your girl babies in pink and for my for my senior year when i graduated they wanted a baby picture and a grown-up picture so i had to go in with my photoshop knowledge and changed the color of my outfit. So it was a green and blue, it was green and blue overalls that I was wearing in the picture. I also had to take off some flowers and stuff. So I don't know, you want to be seen as something specific. So you fix it, <laughs> you make sure that you are. And it, I was just so worried that people were going to, I didn't even see my baby picture on the screen, if I'm being honest, but I was so worried that other people would be paying so much attention to it that they would notice that that baby's wearing pink. And it's like, it's not, I know it's, it is important and how you want to be seen is important, but it's not that serious. Like people aren't going to be paying attention to you because they're there for other people or themselves. It's graduation. Right. Yeah. And, you know, back to your comment about long hair, you know, back to my culture, it is tradition to have long hair. Even the men in most native cultures have long hair. So, yeah, the hair does not yeah, does not make your gender. And I, I'm growing out my hair right now. It, it's kind of a mess. Well, it looked fabulous in The Wedding Singer or unless that was a wig. Because um, I was like, if if you were talking about my off night. It was my actual hair. If you were talking about my on night, it was not. You were one of his, you were one of Robbie's friends. Yes. Uh, So yeah, that was a weird. Okay. My hair is very short. Uh, I cut off the sides and I had, I don't know if you know who Billy Idol is, but I had the short blonde hair. Yeah. You just asked a 40 year old if she knows who Billy Idol is. I love it. I love it. 
so much. <laughs> so my hair is really short for that show, but I do I do not want to cut it for this next show, and I'm really worried. But I guess since my mom is the makeup artist and the hairstylist, that I can be like, hey, please don't make me cut off my hair for whatever role I get. She's giving you a thumbs up. I think you're good. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on and sharing your story and I mean, I know that took a lot of courage. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting us share. I do think awareness is super important. Um, like I said earlier, it's it's how more kids are feeling more comfortable to at least explore the op- opportunities or the the possibility that all of the feeling like they don't fit in their body is is actually, you know, kind of not that abnormal. More more people are trans than you realize, more people are gender fluid than you realize. Um, and the more I think we talk about it, the easier it's going to be for people to just be who they are without it being such a big freaking deal. Right. And I always say, you know, to the baby boomers who are, oh, we didn't have this in my day. You did. They just usually ended up, as you said, unaliving themselves and not out because they weren't allowed and up to a point it was illegal so or they got beat up they probably got beat up um or because of their family they were too scared to actually be themselves there's so many things like that too because like people are like oh people didn't have autism back in my day yes they did I mean, looking back at my childhood, going back to ADHD, I mean, looking at that through the ADHD lens going, how did no one realize that I was not normal? (laughs) I mean, everybody knew I wasn't normal, but like, how did you not know that? Do you have an obscure, rare, or not well-known disorder that you want to share? Or shine a light on and advocate for? Or just bitch and complain about? Email us at mindbodyandspite at gmail.com or reach out on our Facebook page. You can also find information about future episodes and ask questions of future guests and recommend disorders for future episodes. Check the show notes or our Facebook page for articles and references used in this episode, including media and reading recommendations. (laughs) The thing is, um i have um Ooh, i forgot what i was gonna say i'm sorry oh you're fine that happens to me all the time adhd (laughs) we have an adhd episode see i have adhd too so this is why leah is usually here she has to she has baby duty this morning so she's our neurotypical co-host that can usually keep things straight and she'll be like oh you said this thing you said this and you said that i'm like thank you